0: All right. You guys are in for a treat today. Something different than you're used to here on the show because I am bringing a plethora of speakers that have a couple of things in common. Of course, their faith in Jesus is the ultimate and that creates the synchronicity that has brought them now to this second thing that they have in common, which is sharing a stage. And you're likely a speaker in and of your own right and you have something inside of you that you want to vocalize. And so all of these speakers are coming with an intention to equip to serve and to show up boldly so that you too can do the exact same thing in a place that is often you know, different and a place that is often being shook when it comes to business and it comes to sharing our faith in business. It's ultimately a movement of mission driven leaders founded in Christ. And the conference is called the founder con. If you have yet to hear about this, maybe you've been hiding under a rock because it's been essentially three years in the making. It was originally called grow your business for God's sake. And we are still doing the exact same thing now under the nonprofit, the founder collective. So if you have a business, or you raise your hand to having a ministry, either or, they're kind of the same, that's the ultimate business tree, we are calling all of these Marketplace Ministers, you included, community builders, content creators, pastors, managers, executives, movement makers, authors, speakers, entrepreneurs, to the table. And we are going to be sharing an incredibly intimate experience while also a virtual conference. So I say intimacy because intimacy comes in community and it comes in connection and depth and vulnerability, but it's going to be a party. Okay, y'all? I love a party. I love surprises. I love excitement. And so today, the plethora of people that you're going to hear from, they're going to tap into what exactly they're going to be sharing on stage. And I'm going to be kind of like a narrator. You know, Samuel L. Jackson always plays the role of God uh, over top of movies. I do not sound like Samuel L. Jackson. I totally understand, but I'm going to narrate the process so you get to know a bit more about them and then you get to hear from them firsthand. So do. Not stop now, just getting started by introducing you to some of this year's FounderCon speakers. They're going to bless you. They're going to equip you. They're coming from a lot of different lenses in order to teach you, but ultimately it's not about them just sharing their testimony. This is a movement conference. This is an action taking conference. You are going to leave with yes, step one, yes, step two, and you're going to know how it's going to truly transform the lives of the people that you're connected to based on how you integrate it into your component of business, whatever that is, ministry, businessry, right? All right, we're all on the same page now, so let's get started. Oh, and before you wait any longer, seriously, pause right now. Go to www.thefoundercon.com com. Don't forget the, the founder and get your ticket because it's going to go fast. We only have a reserved number of seats in the room. There'll be 200 in the room, 2000 online. Let's go. We've got MCs both for the virtual arena. And so you can get a virtual ticket too. If you can't join us in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 10th and 11th, 2023, we cannot wait for you to be there. Stay tuned for all the details and get to know the speakers right now. All right, the incredible Brittany Stinson is coming to the stage this year and to the roundtables. So you might not have heard much about the roundtables. It's kind of been an incognito element to the conference, but we have 10 different roundtable experts who are coming to help equip you in a fast-paced roundtable-type workshop experience of 20-minute sectors. Brittany Stinson is a wealth of knowledge. She's coming at this conference and serving in a really unique capacity in an advanced standpoint of TEDx stages and being a TEDx speaker and that journey, in addition to speaking from a mental health lens of what is it like to be not the one necessarily walking through it, though I know she's had her own stuff and we all walk through something mental, but it's also in the the participant perspective and the spousal perspective and the entrepreneurial perspective of being a co-parent and a co-pilot in that arena alongside her husband, whose story you may or may not know at this point as being a part of our community and founder, and he's uh, an integral part. And so we're... So excited to have another hubby and wife duo uh, at the event, and I know it's gonna bless you. So, Brittany, thanks for being here, sis. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. She also has a superpower of like extracting all of the entrepreneurial mindset mess and putting it into fluidity and flow and activation. So, if you're looking for that and you need that support from a team dynamic or from a quarterly lens of developing your next part of your roadmap, Oh man, she's amazing at that too. So whatever part of this podcast we end up extracting for you to hear, just know that you're, you're only getting a bite size of the amazing meal that Brittany Stinson can
1: prepare. All right, love you guys. Oh, I'll get an assistant because they'll hold me accountable. Yep. That's not their job. That's yeah. her job. That's like I'll get, I'll you know I'll get a team member because then they'll remember. Oh yeah. But how much is you not stepping into what you're afraid of? Like, I don't think any of us are negligent, bad people. I think at the root of most of our dysfunction is this fear and insecurity around whatever it is that is is causing the actual dysfunction. So, you know, I don't know what that looked like for me back in November. I'm sure it was like 10 limiting beliefs, but it's like... That's what I needed to address. It wasn't the website. It wasn't the post. It wasn't the work. I can get in and do the work. What is keeping me from telling people about what I can do? Yeah, That's the root cause that I needed to have a conversation with myself about. And I was breaking trust when I said I was going to do something and then not do it. I'm eroding trust with myself. And So you just have to start somewhere. So it's me and my glass of water every morning now. (laughs) I love that so much.
0: And I think about like the brilliance factor of understanding like our own individual abilities, right? Like understanding that and actually having a conversation and doing the work around your zone of genius so that you are actually shining brightest because there are elements of yourself that like, we either aren't sharing and, and therefore it doesn't have an opportunity to ever be buffed out and shine because we're not even putting it into action. Um, or we're constantly sitting in this one side of ourself and there's a whole other element that needs to be focused on. So mm-hmm. realizing that we're a 360 human, realizing that there is more elements to ourselves that maybe we're not even tapping into that we should be because we've never seen it happen or we've never thought about bringing it to life in that specific context. And so even tomorrow, as I was talking about that concept of mompreneurship that I'm sharing tomorrow, I think a lot of people get inundated as women or men, even as you, they carry the father role and the husband role, no different than we do as a, as a mother and a wife. Um, But there is certain societal expectations alongside that, that we are expected to show up and cook dinner every night, or we're expected to be the ones getting the kids stressed and putting them on the bus or taking them to school. And it's like, where did those expectations derive from? And why Mm. are you keeping them as uh, something that's keeping you in a straight jacket in those specific roles? And Mm -hmm. when we can actually break free and become, I've recognized that one of my unique, unique talents, and I do this every day through business, is to help people say yes to the bigger passions or the bigger ideas or the bigger dreams on their life. And so why can't I not as a mother start to do that now with my children? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to wait for them to be, you know, a young, young, young bucks in the world of entrepreneurship? <laughs> They're young bucks mm-hmm. now. At seven mm-hmm. eight. And so I've been starting to talk to them about like, what are they passionate about? What do they think they can serve the world with right now? And we started erecting businesses together right now, because why wait? Right, Mm -hmm. And so how can what we're doing in the professional setting or in our marriage life or as a mother then be added into the different parts of who we are in business or who we are in those other hats? Um, I just think that there's a lot to that specific example and understanding Mm -hmm. that you don't have to do the one thing and the one thing, but actually all the things in all the places, not as a sense of overwhelm and not as a sense of further tasks but just exploring, I think more mm-hmm. is what it's about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when you, uh, I mean, if you have a spouse, I think when you come together and you're like, Hey, we need to be really clear about like this, you know, these are the tasks that we have to do. These are the things that we get to do. And we, we find like, okay, you're really amazing at this. Is that like the the gender stereotypical role that does this? Yeah, Maybe not, exactly. but but we have an agreement in our home that like you're just way better at it than me. So who cares? Yeah, who does yeah, it? You know? Um, and I think in terms of our kids, like, man, they watch everything we do. It's so crazy. Like I'll be working and my, my, well, she's almost four, but she'll be, she has this little fake laptop and she's sitting there and she's like, mom, I'm working. Oh, and I'm like, God. "You." it's so funny because if I did something else, you know, well, when I used to work at the hospital, I was like in a admin role, but they think I was a doctor. And so I don't correct them, you know, <laughs> 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 <We> <laughs> prophetic, my- prophetic. <laughs> So they're like, you know, if, but if they saw me come home in scrubs every day, that's what they're playing as doctor. And so they watch everything we do. So absolutely, like, invite them in, let them be in the midst of the conversation. Like, hey, why? Why are you working late at night? Why are you working on a Saturday? Well, because um the middle of a Tuesday afternoon, we had the freedom as entrepreneurs to go do, you know, the park and ice cream like I that's not. This we do this because we also get to do this. And right. so they understand like they know what the word entrepreneur means. Like it's a big one and we practice saying it, but this this is what the conversation we're having in our home. And um, so you know, my eight-year-old, she's like, Well, I want to do some chores for to make some money. And I'm like, Well, I I thought about it and then my husband was like, or you love to do art why don't you make some crafts and then we'll sell your crafts because this is what you love to do don't you think that makes a lot more sense than like work like trading your like time for dollars wow, so we're having right. these conversations yes. all the time i i yeah i love it yeah well and it's
0: funny we we are very much about affirmations and i think for somebody listening who either doesn't have little beings around them all the time or or even a, a significant other, it's this recognition that, like, if you're looking to serve the world, ask the world what they receive from you, right? It goes all the way back full circle to what we were talking about at the beginning is, like, how do you show up to serve? How are people receiving from you today? What's that gift? What's that medicine? And mm-hmm. then actually applying it. And when you have doubt, when you have fear, get reminded. Right? Like lean in to mm-hmm. the people who love you and the people who see you and know you, and ask. So just the other day, we were we were like all paused. We were in the middle of playing like cards and taking care of the dogs and all this. And Gary sits down on the floor and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey! Let's everybody go around and give affirmations to one another. What do you love about that person? Mm-hmm. What are they good at?" And so making eye contact is the hardest thing for four, five, six, seven, eight year olds, right? <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. when they're not used to saying something so kind and actually having to process something of not just in the moment, what you're good at, but like as a whole, as a human, what are you good at? And to mm. hear the little things that they were saying, the reason I brought this up is because my daughter, her affirmation to me often is you're good at entrepreneuring.
1: Oh. <laughs> I, like, I don't correct her because it's the cutest thing ever. Yeah. And I'm
0: always like, thank you, baby. But like teaching them, what does that mean? And you're mm-hmm. good at entrepreneuring too, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just, it's really fun to like make these little practices, not just something that happens as you raise tiny humans, but as you raise yourself, right? Like treat yourself well, get those affirmations from people. Mm-hmm. It was interesting As a group of adults at the podcasting retreat, um, everyone was writing down on sticky notes what their brand representation looked like, whether it was a color, whether it was a feeling. Um, We Mm. know that brand is what people say about you when you leave the room, not just your logo or font type. And Mm. so I gave them stacks of sticky notes. And I said, I want you to use every single one. Well, I didn't mm. count out how many everybody had. I just kind of like peeled back the sticky notes and placed yeah. in the thing. And I'm watching people, and some people are done and they have like 15. And then there's this one guy, Anthony Hart, who is Morgan. You know Morgan's husband. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: So he's like, I think I had
0: way more than everybody. Else. He's <laughs> like struggling, trying to affirm himself or Aww. call out what his his persona is. And Mm -hmm. instead of having everybody go around the circle and tell me what they wrote down, I said, okay, well now you're in a room with eight strangers. And for the most part, all of them didn't know each other. I would say maybe half and half, and we're going to go around and we're going to let with just the hour and a half impression that you've given them since you've met them, affirm you and see if what you wrote down is the brand that you believe yourself to have. Mm-hmm. Totally off the cuff made this up, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. the activity at all. It was just like felt prompted to say, hey, don't talk about yourself. Let's let somebody else love on you for a minute. Yeah. And so to see these little sticky notes be picked up as they were getting these words of affirmation from seemingly strangers was just this beautiful representation and reminder of the energy we bring to a room, the natural gifts and talents that we have, and the way that we are giving people medicine, even without trying, right? Mm-hmm. This is what activating a business can look like it can be effortless and fun and a part of who you are and then we can create cool language and you can come in and build up the dreams and the process road mapping from there Um, Mm But i just felt led to share it so i think it'd be a fun activity even for you with like team exercises and team building that you do Next up, you have the sweetest. She is a founder in the making. She is a speaker that is chosen, actually, they're all chosen, but she has been chosen for such a time as this to be our founder on the rise. And what that means is she was a part of a speaking competition that we ran uh, prior to conference tickets going to sale so that she could have a place on stage. And we offered this out to our community and we had people who um, submitted their own videos of I love... What makes them an effective founder and how is Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, a part of their business plan, which if you have never read that, you should. It's kind of the overblanketing verse that we have for our conference and for Founder Collective at large. And it's talking about being founded in him, him being our forerunner, our founder. He is the trailblazer in which we follow as we blaze this trail and that it is a solid foundation, a firm foundation in which we build from because we build on the rock and we are here to help others discover themselves through Christ Jesus, so to help them be found too. So this is the Great Commission in a nutshell, but it's the Great Commission of us as entrepreneurs and Faith Ann is showing that day in and day out as she writes, no pun intended because her last name is right, she writes the story alongside Christ of her own life. She is a young entrepreneur, and we love that that jovial spirit, that childlike faith, that freedom and play in which she infuses into the coaching world. She has a heart for collaboration and truly bringing Christians together to be able to serve people. She's a life coach, and so you get to hear about her her experience through her degree in psychology, her certifications and initiatives in the leadership world, uh, as well as her her athletic experiences at schools, and she's a speaker in so many different ways because she can speak into churches and women and athletes and corporations and groups, and it's just really beautiful. So while she'll be on stage for a brief moment, you can tune in here for a little bit longer and our full podcast on the Fit and Faith podcast as well. Faith and Ray, I love you. You're also a local. Oh yeah, she's a local. So you'll get to meet some of her, her fiance will be there, and uh, some other friends that are in the entrepreneur. Neuro world, so faith. Let's go.
2: From a young age, I was told that I was an old soul. Mm. That's like the wording that people would always. You are an old soul, and um, I come from a Christian background. Like I was raised in a in a household where um, my parents made sure I was in church, you know, every Sunday. But it wasn't really until I was seventeen that I feel like the Lord really took a hold of me mm. and like showed me who he was Mm. um, more than ever before, and that's when that surrender really came because I tried to control my life a lot up until then. I dealt with um, a skin picking disorder for almost 10 years, was super anxious, Mm. and whenever I started my life at 17, that's when the chains fell, and there's so much that gets wrapped into that. You know, I feel like as – as a teenager, you're worried about what other people think. Um, you're like at the time I was, uh, I played tennis in college, and so I was trying to get scholarships for school, and there was just so much pressure yeah. that I felt like was on me in my overachieving spirit. Anyways, that was kind of drilled into me also. Um, but I was super thankful that as soon as I let go and let God, a lot of that fear that I had a lot of that worth that I was looking to other people to fill instead of Christ got substituted, and He was the one that I now defined my worth by. Mm-hmm. Um, and that enabled me to really have confidence in Him and take action steps. Um, by I moved my life from Missouri to South Carolina at 18 to go to school I then after college, moved my life to North Carolina and really pursued my entrepreneurial journey in an entrepreneur house where I got to be incubated with uh, a group of young adults, which was amazing, and then met my now future husband, which was super cool. So that's kind of a timeline of my journey and what the Lord has just like uniquely woven and uh, designed so beautifully. It definitely wasn't what I would have expected, but it has turned out amazing. And I'm so grateful and excited for the years to come.
0: Yeah. It's really, and
2: you started obviously the Thoughts of
0: Faith podcast connected to that, to be able to just kind of Share and open up and continue that that journey of vulnerability because I think that's yeah. ultimately what it is. It's one of my favorite things about having a podcast that if people actually listen to all, I have a lot, so it would be a lot of work. I get it, um, but really, like if people listen to shows now and then, they I had somebody who was like, "Oh my gosh, I went back to the beginning and you've you've grown up so much, right?" And so it's a, a live journal. Like this is truly yes. a place where we get to be raw and share and teach and all of these different pieces, it's no different than capturing it in a written form via a book and then going back, like I'm, I'm bringing this new book back to life that I yeah. wrote several years ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I feel so immature in this book. Should I rewrite it? Should it come to life? But then I remember I wrote that book for that person, that version yes. is what that person needs. And if I was to then become more mature and write another, it's going to be a totally different book. And I will write that one, but I I love that you're doing it via a podcast because I think it's so fun. What has been like some of the things that you've been teaching and training people on on the show?
2: It's been super cool to now start having guests. Like the yeah. first few episodes were just me yeah. and now bringing guests on. It's also been cool to hear their thoughts. Like mm-hmm. I'm recording one uh, tomorrow night with a friend. And we're going to talk about thoughts on biblical friendship. Mm-hmm. And so just just giving people the space also to share what the Lord's been putting on their heart yeah. um, is a really unique way. And also faith in action is yeah. another Avenue that I have on Monday mornings where I hold people accountable and give them community by having faith in action from eight to eight thirty EST every Monday morning. So we'll That's open up with awesome. a devotional. We'll make commitments for the week. We hold each other accountable to check in on commitments next week and then make new ones. Um, it's just an awesome community and space and it, it, Makes your Monday mornings like all the better, right? Yeah, it gets that jump start to the yep. week where you feel excited to jump in to work and just create and play and all the things. Well, I think you get inspired
0: by what other people are doing, right? And it's just like exactly wow. okay if they can do that, especially if you're close enough that you're also sharing heartaches and heartbreaks and trials yeah. in the midst of oh, I'm building this amazing thing, right? which we do. I, yeah, yeah, for and sure. And the power of
2: the power of community and accountability also is it's insane, you know, knowing that, okay, I'm going to get asked the next week if I did my three (laughs) commitments. Right. And we have like this group text where we'll ask each other, how's it going during the week, you know, send updates on progress. And so it's just super neat. And I'm very relationship driven and really enjoy just that consistent connection I just got done with a book club on the awe of God that we had on Tuesday Mm. nights, which was really fun, and just jamming up some more ways to build community through the coaching space because it can be so siloed and so – I don't know if I want to use the word competitive, but it doesn't seem like people know that there's actually space for all of us at the top, and if we work together – then we can achieve more for the kingdom than if we just work on our own. And entrepreneurship really? is lonely, you know, another thing. So yep. building um, – I'm I'm in the midst of jamming on, okay, how can I, like, build collaboration yeah. um, amidst the coaching sphere when it can be, one, lonely, two, yeah. there's not accountability when you work for yourself. Yep. And three, how can you – attract more clients? How can you build your impact yeah. and income by collaborating with other people?
0: Yeah. And, well, I think the entrepreneurial house probably brought you great perspective to be able to do that, right? To be like, yes. oh, oh, tell me
2: about what you're doing. Oh, I could
0: pull this into my ideas, right? And that's that creative exactly. space that you're speaking to. I definitely sense that, that air, even though even in the Christian sector, there's that you know, community over competition or collaboration uh-huh. over competition. And you're like, yeah, but you're still not sharing that thing. Like you're still not doing that thing. Right. And so it is yeah. something where I think it's going to take the heart of, um, people who are willing. We talk about yes. this a lot in our founder collective, a discipleship conversation with entrepreneurs who are coming specifically because they feel isolated and alone. And we talk yeah. about being like hearted. We talk about being uh, like-minded, but then we've also recently been talking about being like-handed and what does it mean to be open with our resources and also being honest about our resources because I think a lot of times people can have a different perspective looking in and, and thinking, oh, wow, this person has a lot of time on their hands. And I think when I think resources, you guys are probably immediately thinking about money. That also is an example. But like, if you think I have an abundance of time because I have no kids and I'm 24 years old and... No, that's a you're making that up. Who says I don't have time? How do you not know? Like, one of my girlfriends isn't married and doesn't have kiddos, but she has literally been at her, her grandfather, who is like her dad's side, w- mm. on hospice for eight months, like mm. all day, every day. So you cannot create in your mind this fictitious idea of resources, but this is why I think it's really important in these situations to create these safe spaces, especially when we do it around a Bible study, because I feel like yes. people really do, or book club, and it, it really yes. allows people to like open up about something different and talk about the, their personal lives And that's where sometimes there's that like facade, you know, that can be established on social media. Lastly, but surely not least, is the Sparkle Queen herself. She is the beauty extraordinaire. And I say this not because she is beautiful, though she wildly is, but she's divinely designed, obviously, by the most beautiful God. And he, of course, has her as an image bearer in the world. But she has also had a 25-year experience in the makeup and art industry, which I think is so neat. And we've realized even just recently how that has been crafted and shaped to be used for the good work. In which she now is being called and summoned into helping others understand what co-creating with Christ looks like, and the beauty and wonder connected to our our birthright, like who we are as children of God. So she does a lot of identity work. She does a lot of revelation work, and she's a coach and also helps women through retreats and a lot of fun events that we will most likely be on together here soon. But. She's also going to be gracing the MC element of this event as she puts you in the light. And what I mean by that is she might be the very first person you get to even talk to when you come through the doors of FounderCon because she is on the red carpet welcoming you in because God has laid this red carpet for you to be in person. Of course, we have our virtual stage as well, which is going to be incredible. You heard from our virtual MCs, Dane and Josiah, previously on the podcast, but Jess is going to truly just shed that beauty and make people feel so confident as they step into this experience and this immersion with Christ. For their eyes to be open to the beauty and wonder in which Christ has prepared for them prior to them even showing up to the conference. And I know she's going to bless you. She blesses me every single time I'm around her. It's all about in the beginning, right? And you're going to experience the beginning with Jess at the conference and the end. So it's going to be a beautiful full circle compilation with the author and finisher of Our Faith. So, Jess, I love you. Let's learn a little bit from. Her as
3: you're also going to hear from her on stage. Getting ready to go to church. I was a single woman in my 20s, and I love fashion. I love makeup. It's an extension of our personality. For you know? sure, for sure, free to do this. God looks at the heart, so I know some people might use it to cover up their pain, yeah. but ultimately, it's this beautiful expression. And uh, you know, King Solomon spared no detail when he <laughs> exactly, did. exactly on somebody. And so I was getting out of my car, grabbing my Bible and I'm walking through the church parking lot and a man walks up to me and he says, you know, your beauty isn't because of your braids or wearing gold or wearing makeup. That's not true beauty. And then he just walked away. And I thought, Holy Spirit, that just, that felt it was coming from such an unloving, prideful Place you didn't know me. It was kind of dark. You walked up to yeah. me. And, that just all around felt so wrong, and yet so many times in the church. And then we 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 take this thought, we take this ideology that beauty is bad, and my beauty is bad, and I should cover it up. And you know what? In fact, let me not even think about it. And mm-hmm. that's wrong too. And so one of the things we do with the Beautiful Mind Academy and our 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 soul care and spiritual formation coaching program is we take a, a beauty assessment and it's not just like how we look beauty, but yeah, I love that. It, it's really interesting. And so one question, and then we, we dive into it all together. Um But one question is on a scale of one to 10, how beautiful do you feel? Mm-hmm do you feel? And so we, we then talk about this and, and I might, you know, as we're facilitating a conversation around beauty, you know, how many of you struggle to feel beautiful? Half the people might raise their hand. And I said, okay, we speak with them and hear from them and said, I'd love to hear from the people who didn't raise their hand. Uh, what is it that you feel? And most of those people, they ignore it altogether. They don't even allow themselves to look at it. So it's not coming from a healthy place, knowing I'm beautiful. God made me this way. Beauty is my birthright from a biblical perspective. And from a a philosophy perspective, beauty is always tied to two things, truth and goodness. Mm. Truth and goodness. And my friend, he's a mentor of mine in the biblical beauty. He wrote this beautiful book on biblical beauty. And he says, perhaps becoming more beautiful is a journey of becoming more truthful. And I believe it was Socrates who said, can, "Can we call something beautiful if it tells a lie about who got it? No. It wouldn't be beautiful because it want to be truthful. It want to be good. And so, feeling beauty is so much more than the aesthetic appeal than what we see with our eyes. Again, let's go back. What if we didn't have a mirror? What if we didn't have a video a screen flashing a reflection back at us? Would we feel? beautiful. And in those times when I have played around with this idea where I've gone through a day without like looking in the mirror when I wake up or moving through my day, really, I was so much more attuned to how I was serving other people yeah, that's and how I was making them feel. Yeah. And in turn, I, I felt all of those things that you feel when you put on a new dress, you know, <laughs> like I felt good. That I felt best. That so beauty is it begins in the soul and it works its way outward with that in mind. It isn't anything we can apply anything we can buy. In fact, sometimes I challenge women with, you know, why would you put all your hope into something that would come off with a little bit of water? You know, because our yeah people put their hope and their identity and their brand in their image and in this, you know, this artistic image that they put together. Why would we put our hope and confidence in something that washes off with water? It's so good. It's so good. It makes me
0: think of like, because you know me and my, my fashion sense as well, especially when I'm, doing anything on stage, I'm like, I need all of the sparkles. Like, don't give me anything that's not sparkly. My, my mom, who is my fashion coordinator, she knows. I'm like, oh, it's not too, it's not shiny enough. And it was only because when else do I get to walk? I mean, I could do it anyway. I could go to the grocery store if I wanted, but often I don't. I do it when I'm on stage, but I do it as a reflection to self, not for me mm-hmm. to be more known, not for anything like that, but for you to say, I can sparkle too in mm-hmm. whatever that gift and talent is, in whatever that flow and synchronicity is. And we talked about it briefly in some of the different ways in which you've done it. Um, and I think it's so critical for us to understand when do I feel most beautiful. Mm-hmm. When what is that? What part of your day is that? You know, I always hear about people hearing from the Lord in the shower or yeah. being yeah. able to like sing in the shower in such a free way that they could never do any other way. And isn't it interesting that there's no mirrors generally there, maybe in the bathroom. But you're, you're naked at that point. Mm. And that's generally a conflict of mm. interest, especially for when, women, because when we then immediately go into the mirror, we've taken what beautiful experience mm. and exchange just happened in that sacred space because nobody's in the bathroom with us. There's no other devices. There's no sound. And you can just hear the, the running water. And mm. you're in a warm, safe place, hopefully. And you mm. then immediately transfer that energy into negativity, And so what just happened in your mind is this open, free space has now just been put into shame and regret and guilt. Mm -hmm. And so we do this and some people do this every single morning before they've ever even interacted with another human being. And so they're then walking into the next hour of their day, the next schedule of their day, their next interaction with that negativity. And Mm -hmm. so there's just, there's something here, Jessica, as we're talking, there's something that I I want people to explore. And that that question goes back to, when do you feel most beautiful? Not right this moment, maybe isn't that as you're listening, but I think about it associated to my strength. When Mm -hmm. I feel strong, I feel beautiful. So if I'm working out, if I'm lifting heavy things, I could be in the garden in a place where I'm actually dirty and sweaty and like my outfit doesn't coordinate. I got no sparkles on, you know, I've got stuff in my hair, but I feel beautiful because I'm one with the earth at that moment, but I also feel strong. When I was a mom and I was like mom bun and yuck and puke and all that stuff, but I was holding my baby, I felt strong and resilient. And so for people to just analyze that as you're sharing, I'm thinking about these people who sat in that chair, Mm -hmm. these famous people, musicians, artists, uh, broadcasters, whomever it was, and how much they probably lacked the sense of confidence associated to their
3: beauty. Wow. I love that you feel when you feel most beautiful, you recognize you feel most strong. For me, it would be I, when I feel most free and mm. most wild. Those mm. are some of my favorite words. So. And not wild in a party girl, you know, at Way, but yes. I think that that word gets to be holy as well. I agree. Where I think of wild. I think of unrestrained. I think of, you know, hear me roar. I think of the king of the jungle, the lion, this yes. wild, uninhibited, unafraid to be its true self, you know, not letting fear hold you back. And so for me, yeah, it's when I feel free, when I feel wild, I feel most beautiful. And I would love to hear from, you know, you listening. What yes.
0: Is- we want to know. All right, well, that's a wrap for this show. I am so expectant to see you in the room. FounderCon 2023 is about to happen in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 10th and 11th. If you are not there, the square. Just kidding. If you are not there, I want to invite you to come to the virtual stage. We have truly designed a stage and experience, whether you're at home or in person, that is unlike anything I've ever been to. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm saying that because Christ truly has shaped this event, not only with the people and the speakers that are there, but with the construction of how we are sharing the word, the good news and developing your businesses intricately. If you are still on the fence about like, what does this look like? like? Why would I join? There is so much content on the website for you to be able to know what exactly we're going over, but I want you to know there's some of the things that you're going to learn and what you will be able to extract and take away. TEDx conversations. Do you want to be on a TEDx stage? Do you want to learn from a TEDx coach? Health integration. How does your physical body and your blood work even have to play into your story and endurance of the race in which you are on? E-commerce and and brick-and-mortar stores, we're going to be speaking specifically into how to develop those from a product lens uh, and how to make those effective, especially if you're a content creator. There can be some additional revenue sources uh, that could really support your business. What about the five-fold ministry and the spiritual gift integration? of truly igniting marketplace ministry and how you serve. Whether you have faith out front in your business or faith is what fuels you, either way is right if that's the way that the Lord has led you specifically. But how do you utilize this anointing and your gifts as an integration point to serve your community? Next, you're going to learn about marriages and how to develop a healthy marriage in the midst of entrepreneurship. Movements. How do you design a movement connected to the community build, connected to the words that are going to to be across the nations. What does that look like? You're going to learn from movement makers themselves. Then we're also going to unpack ministry and what does it mean to be in ministry and what does the nonprofit world look like connected to ministry? We speak to business tree all day long at the FounderCon conference. And so this is really going to allow you to have fresh eyes on what does that actually mean? How do we operate as leaders in a business tree? We're going to be talking about meditation and mindset and have an intentional practice of how we show up to, to a work every single day. And that Work is an element of worship. And so how is work a posture of worship? You're going to hear from our worship team and other artists that are coming to the stage to unpack how do we show up in that authenticity for people every single day. Again, the publishing industry is obviously going to have a forethought here because I really believe on taking those messages to the masses. And a book is an amazing way to not only leave legacy, but to develop people, equip people, to disciple people in a really rich essence, even if you don't have direct access to them until they get your words in their hand. We're also going to talk and learn about the Christian Chamber of Commerce. You might not even know that this exists. Well, it is being developed right now. And the president of of that organization is going to come and share about the importance of it and how it's actually developing and how you can potentially get involved as well in your local neighborhoods and communities. We're going to be talking about building global community as well as the importance of local community. So you hear from local, we're going to go global. We always do. We're going to be talking about uh, the lens of network marketing and MLM and how you could leverage that in your business because I do know that there are entrepreneurs that are doing this solely to help provide for their family and it is amazing what happens when you can utilize and leverage as an entrepreneur what it looks like to exist in the marketplace. Additionally, understanding that it could just be an arm piece to what it is that you do. This is an essence of affiliate marketing. Also understanding that there might be a place where you feel like that network marketing is running a little bit dry or that you're not able to use and infuse your faith or gifting as much as you like. And so you're trying to develop something on the side until that becomes the full-time thing and you can drop that. I've got to serve a lot of audience and community members who this is their story. It's been amazing to watch them leverage that marketing and pull it into what God has called them to do in this new. Season. We're going to talk about mental health unlocks. We're going to talk about leadership. We're also going to talk about money. I mentioned money when Kristen, you got to hear from her earlier, but Kristen is a wealth guru, right? And so, how can we scale to six figures, seven figures, and beyond? We, as Christians, if we serve a rich daddy, we have that inheritance right. We have that birthright to manage it, but we have to understand how are we stewarding it? How are we managing it? Is our money working for us or are we burying our talents? So, That was a mouthful. There's still so much that I didn't tap into with the different genres of panels that we're going to have and the individual speakers that are coming to teach and train in person as well as virtually. As I said, there will be roundtables and experts and workshops happening. And for the virtual people, while you might not get to have that direct access with these speakers, we are bringing some incredible virtual hosts who will be training you, developing you, and pouring into you during that time. So you will be served in a whole different capacity than the people in person. And yet you'll still have access to all of this in person richness too. So this is not your average conference. This is not a stage to motivate you. We We know you are motivated. It is not a stage filled with testimonies and storytelling, though I love both of those things and you might hear bits and pieces here and there. This is a training ground. This is an equipping zone. This is discipleship in action, and it is applicable and attainable for you to be in the room right now. Revival is now. Marketplace ministry revival is now. So let's clarify your next move and get you founded in Him. And if you're not yet, or you are already, and you're like, I got that part, let's talk about the remaining, the abiding, and the critical need of consistent momentum towards the call. We love you. We're inviting you in. Go to www.thefoundercon.com and get your tickets today. You will not be sorry.